has a brain about this size. He is sheer brute force. While Sean is a thinking animal, his brain is considerably larger. About ten times the size of this gorilla's skull. Being instinctive rivals, there is no doubt that they will attempt to destroy one another. And the L versus Sean. Heading for their colossal collision. Shattering every obstacle that stands between them in the most fantastic rampage of annihilation ever recorded on podcast. You ass in a rag and the trash is out of my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, MLB. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Albert? Hey, kids. It's your old pal, ML Elric, back on the Soul of Detroit. If you missed last week's episode, we had a humdinger. My original arch rival, Mike Ratai, was one of our guests standing in for Daniel Ferguson who is waiting to hear back from his incarcerated cousin, Bobby Ferguson. If you missed that one, check it out. Uh, and I only mention that because it's a great segue into my current nemesis, Sean Windsor, who's here with us on The Soul of Detroit. And, it's all about you, though. I mean, and, uh, as the sooner I learn it, the better. Sorry well, my, to interrupt. <laughs> my, my name is on the show. And then there's uh, Mark Fellhauer, who put together that tremendous opening. Um, Joe Zuver is the one who's making all the technical things work, for the most part. And uh, anything that didn't work is not his fault. Uh, Professor uh, Matt Jennings is on sabbatical. He is working on uh, his syllabus for uh, next semester. And we have a special guest joining us once again, a contributing columnist from the Detroit Free Press, Darren Nichols, who is also a most valuable guest and frequent contributor to this show. And before we get to Darren and talking a little bit about some, uh, some very interesting uh, events playing out at City Council, in fact, some of which may be happening as we speak during their, uh, during their weekly session, uh, we, we're trying to mix this show up a little bit, try and keep it fresh. We appreciate your feedback to our Twitter poll. We've, uh, we've dropped our great debate because the whole show is kind of uh, a, <laughs> exactly. a, a debate, a mediocre debate. So we don't want the, I thought the whole show was about stand you. out. I'm sorry. It's uh, Sean's apparently that, that somebody needs to put a penny on that stylus. Cause that is a scratch in that record. But I, I want to get right to an issue that, that is, is at the heart of the way a lot of people, uh, feel and and uh, and it's 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 brought to us by listener John who writes, ML. I've held off writing this for a few weeks now. Your once great show is now getting hard to listen to. Sean is awful and butts in at inappropriate moments. No evidence of that so far. Um, he adds little to the conversation, less. It's U of M sports and stuff shirt Ann Arbor. I used to nice. listen to yes. Eli's podcast also on Red Shovel. But let that one go because every episode turns into a let it rip type show talking over each other. So there's a shot at Sean. There's a shot at Eli, Danny, and Bob. I might have to wear out the fast forward button if I continue. By the way, I thanked my local Sir Speedy for being a sponsor last year. Finally, more guests and a lot less Windsor. Thanks. So we have more feedback we're going to get to later in the show. But I want to get right in this because Sean (laughs) is feeling a little put upon. No, 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 I'm not. I just want... It's all good. I love John, whoever he is. If it wasn't for for COVID (laughs) protocols, Sean, I would give you a big hug um, and uh, and whisper tenderly into your ear that uh, it's going to be okay, big fella. I, I, no, it's it's all good. I would like to uh, maybe John and I could have a beer on the White House lawn. <laughs> One and, of those teachable moments. Yeah, and discuss this. Um, you have an incredibly I'll, thick skin. I'll buy. 
You do have a very you have a very thick skin. Oh, I have callus on my hands because I was a short order cook for a long time and uh, used to burn. And single, and burn and cut them. I, I, <laughs> I'm probably still single. <laughs> my wife probably thinks I'm. Wait, single. you're holding that microphone. I don't think you want to talk about calluses on your hands. No, 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 no. Well, God, I almost said something that was really inappropriate. Don't try yeah, not to Mark, leave Matt me. Matt has that. the week off. Come on. Try not to leave me down that road. Don't steal his material. No, no, no. You know what, John? What did he say? He said stuff, shirt Ann Arbor. So he probably thinks of Ann Arbor as a bunch of, uh, you know, pointy headed, uh, pretentious folks that look down on folks. And I'm sure this mostly is political. Where's the bell? Can we ding it when they're right? And hey, I don't understand. I'm, I'm from there. You're from Columbus. Get over it. I was it. born in Columbus. But you love Ann Arbor. I mean, you at least love University of Michigan, right? I, I grew up there. What amazed me about John is that he said I, I, I had something to add about University of Michigan, which I actually don't think I do at all. So that was nice. <laughs> so, and and in terms of the stuff shirt charge, you're you're an Eastern Michigan Eagle. You're a regular dude. Well, yeah, I'm in a hoodie. You know, I'm in an old Navy twelve dollar hoodie that I probably used a coupon for. Uh, that reminds me, I'm still taking trying, a tip from I'm, you. I'm still trying to get you one of those solar Detroit hoodies. They yeah, just, thanks for interrupting. But yeah, no, take <laughs> a tip. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but as you did say, the, your name Sean is Sean of the on, Dead. Your name is on the show. So My initials. Know, I'm going to try to defer. Yeah. But I just want you to know, Sean, that this is a safe place. <laughs> is it? This is a safe I, Well, place. I feel safe sitting on the same side with Mark. You wanted to start with something negative about Sean. That's nice. I wanted to reassure him that that while we appreciate the feedback from John and all our listeners, that your that, smirk uh, says otherwise. We, we love Sean. Yeah, no, no. You can tell the sincerity is coming out, and that'll probably do well in this campaign. But I just wanted to, uh, I, I wanted to say this about Mike for our listeners. Uh, he and I had a nice, lovely text exchange during the week, as we we oh often do. And uh -oh. he, he told me I that pulled he, the pin on the grenade. Uh -oh. He told me that he uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Darren Nichols is with us he live. He told me that here. he liked to jump rope. <laughs> and that he, he was so good he could double dutch. I just want you to know that if anybody can jump rope and double dutch jump rope, then uh you know, they're not so bad. Yeah, it's it's uh Man, you had him on the ropes there for a second. It seemed he seemed a little worried about what you uh, to reveal. He you had was him on the ropes or on the jump rope? On the jump rope. Right. On the jump yes. rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is what Sean calls the sort of Damocles approach, where uh, I know what he could say next, and <laughs> yeah, so it's hanging over your head for the next hour. I'll have to mind my P's and Q's. No, no, no. I that was all. That was the whole thread. Uh, excuse me. It was the context of the thread, and, and there it is. Okay. But if he can jump rope and double double dutch, that shows a, a pretty good balance, some good footwork. Uh, somebody who's probably aware, has a little bit of vision, can uh, put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Don't, don't, be, you, nice. don't be nice can, to him. You can so, tell a lot about that. So I nice tried to make it all about dutch. Sean, and he's made it all about me again. So I guess that's uh, <laughs> that's that's teamwork, folks. But um, anyways, we'll, we'll have more feedback from listeners later in the show. Uh, we appreciate hearing from you guys at mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. And you can always give us a call with uh, tips, criticisms, feedback, whatever. Uh, credit card numbers at... Uh, 313-288-9070 that's 313 Butterfield 89070 and um and we appreciate that feedback uh, Mark referred to my smirk and I'm going to say guilty as charged if you want to see that smirk and you're listening to us you can watch the replay of this show on Facebook Live and if you're watching us on Facebook Live and you want to hear the whole show and get to some of that reader feedback which usually comes after room 7609 download the audio version of the show, which is every single second. And I also should tell people who are kind enough to, uh, to make purchases from Manscaped, this month we will be sending you information on how to participate 
via Zoom and be a fly in the wall for an upcoming episode. So I know you're probably wondering, did they forget about that? Was that another scam? Well, it actually was another scam, but we didn't forget about it. And we feel guilty <laughs> about rooking you. And so we are going to make good on that. Just a point of clarity, Mark, may I ask you, yes. maybe you can help me out with this. Why did Mark, or excuse me, Mike, ML, whatever, why did he start with that feedback? We don't normally do that. As he mentioned, it's usually after room 7609. Uh, I think he was worried about you. Was he? I think he thought maybe you were getting too up on yourself. Well, we had a team that. meeting and we talked about being less predictable, right? Trying to trying to shake the show up a little bit, okay. you know, move okay. move the furniture around a little bit like they did on the Titanic because that worked so well. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That's the one that sank. Uh, yeah, Damn but it. it was a good movie. Um, yeah, except it was. If they uh, were know, so in love, why did she push him off of that know. board? I mean, it's on. not really that great of a movie. We agreed in our team meeting we were going to start saying what we really think. We also agreed we we're going to get here an hour early on November. Yeah, and I've tried that the last couple of weeks and it hadn't worked out so well. So so I guess we're right, you're going with the Costanza. Let's do the opposite. I, was I like here at it. Ten thirty. I don't know. I like it. Were you? Yeah. Did you leave room for his electric car out there? <laughs> and Joe was ready. Uh, no, actually, I had to ride my bike to my mom's house to borrow her car today. How old are you? I'm fifty three years old. You so. had to ride a bike to your mom's house to borrow her car. So, uh, you know, speaking of that car, my car is in the shop, hmm. and the reason I rode to my mom's house to borrow her car because it's the car she purchased from Roy O'Brien Ford. There's a reason why that fire engine red Focus wagon is still going strong with 108,000 miles. I checked. It's 108,000, something like 654, because it's a high-quality Roy O'Brien Ford product. She is not the only one who's been satisfied. For 75 years, Roy O'Brien has been taking care of customers at the corner of Nine Mile and Mac in St. Clair Shores. You don't have to go there to see what I'm talking about. You can go online to RoyO'Brien.com. That's R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. And check out Fast Track, which lets you choose your vehicle and options. And that's not the only thing you can do. You can pick your deal, lease, finance, or cash, Get the value of your trade-in, apply for financing, and schedule delivery of your fresh new ride. If you go in person, don't worry about it. Royal Brian Ford is being very careful to make sure that their staff and their clients are protected. I've been to the dealership, and I can tell you they're taking every measure to protect you so you can get that ride and you don't have to go home in a hearse because they probably sell those if you really want one. But frankly, Let's just get you in a Bronco, maybe an F-150, maybe a super groovy EcoSport or the uh, Escape. All there on the lot, as, as well as a, an assortment of uh, quality used vehicles. To learn more, visit RoyalBrian.com. When you do, Jesse will pop up and ask you some questions. Or give them a call at 888-566-5851. And be sure to tell them ML's mom's son sent you and that you're real proud to know that not only can he ride a bike, he can drive a car all by himself just like a big boy. At the risk of a 15-minute tangent, uh, oh. is this the same car that's getting serviced, or is this another car that broke down? It's just, this is a free car that we were given that's turned oh. out not to be so free. Okay. Oh, but, could, yeah. We could spend some money one of these days. Anyways, Darren, how, how yeah. are you? Hey, Darren. Darren to the rescue. Hey. It's wow. 911. <laughs> What's our safe word? Uh I'm bailing you guys out of this show. How about that? Say yeah. for it's money because ML <laughs> never spends it. Once again, when we are seeking wisdom and wise counsel, we turn to Darren Nichols, the contributing columnist <laughs> of the Detroit Free uh, Detroit Free Press. And I almost said Detroit News because I know Darren from our days in City Hall 
when we used to uh, we used to compete to try and get more exclusive news out of city hall, out of the mayor's office, out of city council. Can I ask a question about that? Oh, wait, well, yeah. How many yeah. city how many city hall reporters were there back then? Oh lordy, for, bo- for both papers, approximately. Uh, it was approximately five between both papers. And so we had, or five or six, because we had three in city hall in our city hall bureau, and Free Press had two. Is yeah, that right? we had we had two, and then occasionally, you know, we'd have maybe uh, Tom Walsh would do some business columns outside yeah. the city. So we had we had a little extra firepower. But yeah, I mean, uh, now, how many? How many now? Yeah, none. One at both papers. Well, Christine Christine Ferretti is pretty much uh, dedicated to covering uh, City of Detroit news for the Detroit News, which I know how good she is because she's the one who outed that I was running for city council before I was done working at the free press. So she does a good job over there. And, and at the free press, I was pretty much covering city hall until I left. And I think I'm yet to be replaced. So I don't know that the free press has a full-time city hall reporter, but I, I is that, is that just because, uh, of how the newspaper business is going and there's less people or are they, are there people focused in other departments and other places? I think it's a byproduct of less people and, um, priorities. Um, I think certain other areas are, are being covered. Um, I, I really think that in, in some respects it's, it was bankruptcy fatigue. Um, we hmm. felt, or papers felt, the both papers felt that they have had their fill of what was going on in City Hall for the last almost 10 years at that point. And uh, they wanted to shift their priorities and things were getting kind of slow in City Hall. And so uh, they moved on to some other stuff. Oh, wow. That's, uh, oh, that's ridiculous. Well, the, the other thing is there's probably, I would think, since, since Darren and I were in City Hall, I got there about 20. 20 years or so ago, Darren had been there for a minute. We probably had maybe 200 or 300 reporters at the free press. And now they're under a hundred. Right. So you've got to take them right. from somewhere at the same time, the free press investigative reporting team, which may have been one or two people back in 2001. Now there's half a dozen or more with a dedicated editor and, you know, and they have a data expert who's got a PhD in, in mathematics and stuff. So, I mean, Darren's absolutely right. There's a reallocation of resources, a re, a realigning um, of priorities. But what that amounts to is now, as I'm running for city council, I hear people saying, boy, you sure did a lot of stories on Kwame Kilpatrick and you didn't do very many stories on Mike Duggan. Uh, does that mean that you're biased? And I'm like, well, you know, when I did stories on Kwame Kilpatrick, I was the city hall reporter. I actually worked on the same floor as Kwame Kilpatrick. Now that Mike Duggan has become, become mayor and i've done some stories on mike duggan i don't think mike duggan uh, uh would have asked me to do i think they've been hard-hitting and revealing and all that other good stuff but at that time i'm 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 an investigative reporter at fox tv covering the entire state covering lansing covering corruption in macomb county uncovering supreme court justice who doesn't go to work i mean i'm covering every damn thing i can and trying to do some city of detroit stuff but people who feel like mayor duggan hasn't been scrutinized like kwame kilpatrick was one of the reasons why is because we don't have that sort of presence in City Hall. City Hall reporters were moved from the 11th floor right next to the mayor's office into the basement. So who, even Who moved them? Uh, Mayor Bing. Karen, the, Karen Dumas convinced Mayor Bing to create a media room where the press rooms were. So Karen banished us to the basement. 
And uh, at the time, my editor at the Free Press said he didn't think it was a big deal. And I was quoted in the uh, Metro Times as directly contradicting him and saying, you know, the basement is not where you put a watchdog. It's where you put an incontinent dog. But that's where we ended up. And and those reporters just didn't want to work out of there. So they kind of stopped working out of City Hall. I would just think there's so many stories that could be broke out of City Hall, including like the one, you know, the Detroit News story. The Christine Ferretti and Mark Hicks one about friction going on in city council right now. Yeah, and, and as we speak, city council is having one of its sessions, and and I, I spoke to Christine briefly this morning. She's expecting this topic to come up. And and other than, than Darren's expertise on all matters city hall, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to, to dial him in today is because when Darren and I covered city hall, you had Kay Everett, the Mad Hatter. You had Sharon McPhail claiming she got electrocuted. Kay Everett's also one who said she's going to go at somebody from the east side. You had Monica Conyers, you know, going after Kenny Cockrell. All these characters, and there's this perception now that city council is all quiet and everybody's, you know, polite and everything. And this report that Raquel Castaneda-Lopez has raised some concerns about the conduct of city council members Brings up something that I talked to uh, some of my, my neighbors who are longtime city hall watchers that maybe this city council isn't quite what people think it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's absolutely correct. I think um, by not being in city hall and having a strong presence in city hall, um, as well as some of the, the conversation that um, the mayor has in terms of um, talking about my partners on city council and including them in all of the press conferences and things that he does, it, it created um, a public perception that the, the things of the past on Detroit City Council was gone. And what do you make of this, Darren, when, when we have a city council member basically saying that my colleagues need to have more training, that we need to find a way to be more respectful of people's you know personal space and uh, – and I mean, I, I was surprised to see this. I even when even when uh, when Kay Everett was threatened to go east side on Sharon McPhail, and Sharon McPhail was accusing Kwame Kilpatrick of trying to electrocute her with a uh, a seat warmer, and <laughs> and Monica right. Conyers was telling uh, Ken Cockrell that he looked like Shrek, and you name it. Um, did we? I don't remember having any internal uh, affairs like this. I don't even remember when when George Cushingberry was accused of sexually harassing his staff, that, um, that, that was more than just a one member with other, I mean, this, this, this allegation is that this council is a roiling cauldron. Yeah. There was one time I do remember it it was, um, in response to an argument between Sheila Cockrell and Sharon McPhail. And then the following day, uh, Mary Ann Mahaffey came in and, uh, wanted to do a resolution on decorum. Okay, um, that is the only that. time that I can remember um, that this was done. So what, what should we make of this? I mean, is this just, is this just a personality clash or does this indicate that maybe there's something else going on that these still waters run pretty deep? I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's, you know, um, it's, we've been given this perception of what it is and, um, and the one thing I think I want to point out is that, you know, uh, Castaneda Lopez um, is a millennial. And so life is a lot different than what it was from, from what we are. So what we perceive as being um, normal um, talk around the table, normal discourse that happens in Detroit City Council 
it may look something different from uh, a generation that has never seen that. Um, you know, I mean, in 1995, I mean, you know, she may have been a young girl. And so they, these young people are dealing with these situations much differently um, than um, had been done in the past. What, 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 what were some of the uh, causes of friction right now that this article pointed out? Like what, what is going on in her mind? Uh, she was talking about um, how uh, she felt attacked by some of her colleagues on council. She mentioned a couple of instances where um, uh, 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 colleagues Scott Benson um, maybe touched her arm in terms of moving her away um, and, and, and things like that. And to me, um, it seemed like normal council business. But again, I'm not there. I'm not in her shoes. And so if she brings it up to the point where there's an investigation, an internal document about it, then, you know, you, you can't, she, you have to at least on face value, take her at her word that this, these were things um, that were going on um, in city council in her mind. And, and that's what would make it. There, there's other women on the council. I mean, did, did they back her up with any of this? No, um, I think that's another good point to bring out is that Thank you. Uh, another a number of the other women did not bring it out, but the outside of Mary Sheffield, there, most of the other women um, are old school um, politicians. And so what, what seems normal to me um, around the table or, or Mike um, at the table is, is certainly something different um, than someone that is, you know, relatively younger. I mean, we're from the days of, you know, we're going to go east side. There were fist fights um, back in the, you know, 70s and 80s mm-hmm. on council. And so as a result, like they were really uh, passionate and they took that passionate to an extreme. And so... I think city council now is not that place. And so because it is at least in public perception, not that place, uh, she felt as if, um, she felt violated and threatened. ML, you, um, you've done stories on her when you were at Fox too. Uh, how did, how did she react to those stories? Did she ignore them? Did she fight back? Well, the stories that, that, uh, that I think most people are familiar with is when I, uh, exposed that she had a house that wasn't up to code and yeah. was being cited for being uh, basically uh, in violation of, of the city's, uh, you know, building code. Code violation, yeah. sure. Yeah, and, uh, uh, you know, I had many conversations with her, both on camera and off camera, trying to explain how reporters and public officials interact and uh, how we might have a better working relationship. I mean, she's lives right on the edge of Clark Park where I do a charity hockey game. And when we did our very first charity hockey game there, she came out and dropped the puck and came to our VIP event before the winter carnival. So we've had good relations and I'd say relations that were not as good, but she, she tends to uh, be very defensive and act as if she's being attacked, even when she's just being asked a question and some of that may be, you know, what, what Darren says is I've noticed this with my own daughters, not that, that she's young enough to be my daughter, but I mean, it's a generational thing that, um, that, you know, sometimes saying things that you think are just kind of like, Hey, you know, what's a big deal here is a big deal. Now, 
At the same time, Mary Sheffield and Janae Ayers are both millennials as well, and they didn't seem to have any any problems with the way their fellow council members acted. But there was also, it seemed to be a racial component too, where Councilman Spivey, who's my councilman, had said, according to this this report, to, to Castaneda Lopez that, um, that you know, he wasn't going to let her uh, somehow attack or diminish another black man. So you've got maybe some age issues, maybe mm-hmm. some race issues, maybe some some cultural issues. Didn't she, didn't she want to file a PPO against you after those stories? Or am I, well, totally- I found out, yeah, I found out years later that she did uh, seek uh, and her family sought PPOs out against me for uh, basically asking a public official questions. And, uh, and the judge rejected them out of hand, basically saying that, you know, because of the first amendment and because a reporter is just trying to do his job, these, th- these were, you know, invalid requests. Um, but but I think it does show that there's a there's a a uh, a high level of sensitivity to scrutiny there that may have played out in these council relationships. Um, but but you know, politics it's said is a full contact sport, and I don't think that means we should be running at each other and trying to attack each other. But it does mean that um, that people are going to bump each other a little bit, uh, uh, metaphorically, hopefully only. Um, but that uh, that you need to be able to roll with that a little bit because alliances shift. There are some issues where people disagree, and there are other issues where those same people may agree. Are you so, ready? Are you ready to be on the other side of it? Is your is your house up to code? Uh, my house is is not only up to code, but when they installed the solar panels, the inspector had forgot to give me a permit for one of the uh, for one of the uh, installations. And so I called the city and I said, "Can you please come back out here and reinspect this and put it on?" And they and they did. And I said, "I said frankly because I scrutinize people for what I do and I expect to be scrutinized in kind and when they don't follow the rules, I think it's newsworthy and I certainly think not just because I am someone who scrutinizes people because it's kind of the law that we yeah. should follow the rules. I mean, isn't that the issue? Uh we have rules for a reason. Darren start digging up dirt on them. Oh, okay. I mean, I got a whole lot of dirt. I can, I can dish. Well, Sean's been quiet. I think he's going through his files. You're not, you're not going to drop that other thing on me. Oh, no, I'm just oh. stunned that you spend money on solar panels and won't <laughs> fix your car. You know what uh, I mean? I'm waiting. Or buy a car. The car is supposed to run on sunlight. That's the problem. It's been yeah, very dark okay. out. So. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 I just, I just didn't realize when you decided to run for city council that, that this was what was going to happen to the show. You know. What you'd be quiet for half an hour? People think no, that's the I'm best sure part of my candidacy. No, no, no. I just, yeah, just remember to bring my pillow. I guess, <laughs> or maybe not come at all. I don't know. But uh, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm fine. Wow, so we've, we've pulled back the lid on some really dark. <laughs> you want to read another? You want to read another email about, <laughs> yeah. about Sean? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't offer anything. Anymore. Yeah, here's here's a here's a here's a uh, text from Sergeant Hulka to Sean. It says, "Lighten up, Francis." Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, it's a stripes reference. Um, anyways, no, but I think this is a good time, uh, you know, w- with Sean and Darren talking uh, to 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 do a quick read from a hair cutter. Oh wow, okay. Oh, that's right. nice, Darren. Right? They're both handsomely shorn gentlemen, and you too can can get that sheen. I should shave like Darren. Well, we all got to look our best. You still you still have to go get your hair cut. Right. And when Sean goes, it is one hair that's cut. You knew, you knew that was. Literally a haircut. There's some on his neck. You can go to Lady Jane's just like we do. 
Because if you're getting a little scruffy, that's where you should go. Lady Jane's, quit messing around. Get to the uh, nearest Lady Jane's and get your hair fixed. Get a great haircut, a hot lather neck shave, hot towel treatment. It's a safe, clean environment. Uh, lots of stuff going on there. Make sure when you get there and you check in, you can click on um, any of the Red Shovel Network logos. I know there's a Drew and Mike logo you can click on. That'll help us out, and, uh, and you'll be looking pretty hot. You'll be uh, extra confident, Sean, walking around with how hot you look. Lady Jane's Haircuts for Men. It's wicked awesome. Can we get some haircuts for Sean's boys? Would they want to go to Lady Jane's? Yeah. Take a couple of good-looking guys. Get uh, do, Are they shaving yet? Could they use... Do they still no, do the hot shaving. leather neck shave? Yeah, at... they're shaving. Okay. You're not, but they are. That's it's because I don't have those fine Windsor jeans to, to rely on. Thank you. Darren, going going back to city council and what we were talking about earlier and the, and the coverage of them, the, the current crop of members that are on there, are they... In your opinion, any t- like who are some of the other ones back in the day that got a lot of coverage? And, and is, do you think there's as many characters on the council now as there was back, you know, 10, 20 years ago? I, I would suggest that there isn't, um, but um, we ultimately don't know because we're not stationed in City Hall um, every day. So we don't get um, a full picture or totality of what they are. Um, you know, 20 years ago, you're talking about, you know, Lonnie Bates, who, oh, Lonnie. Oh, you know, Lonnie Bates wanted to fight on, on you know, on, on, on a daily basis. Um, you know, you have very, you just had a lot of strong personalities that were on uh, the Detroit city council. And, you know, they, they, um, that was old school politics. I mean, you have to, and, you know, you have to start with, you know, the, it was started with the regime of Coleman Young, and so you know when when you're dealing with it, with them with him, um, it is going to be more um, contentious. I mean, you're talking about you know um, uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on one of the other city councilmen, uh, um, Clyde Cleveland, who mm. you know mm-hmm. they got into a fist fight behind uh, closed doors, and so. You know, when you have those things that are going on, um, certainly politics of today is much different, but it's much different because any fight that you would have now would be on YouTube in 10 minutes and yeah. it'd be all yeah. over the country and on CNN and MSNBC and, and things like that. So I think a part of the reason why um, it is more tame or it's perceived as being more tame is because there are there are more cameras that are watching and they're people are acutely aware of uh of their presence and and this is precisely why you should subscribe to the news and the free press because they need to have the funds to put more reporters in city hall because some of this may be as 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 darren is saying is we don't know what we don't know because we're not there to know it uh now uh, one of the one of the more colorful figures, but not in sort of an, an outrageous way, was was Martha Reeves. Um, oh yeah, the former Motown performer. And and uh, my favorite Martha Reeves moment was um, I was. Can I uh, guess? What, what's oh, that? is it a public one or is it a personal one? No, a public one. Was it when uh, was she the one who wanted to know about Tiger Stadium and when it was going to be torn down? When that had actually already started. No, no, this was something that no one would have seen. It was I was in the parking lot at City Hall, probably looking for somebody else, and a Sounds very like a personal story. A very, no, no, no. I was I was probably Michelle. looking for one of her colleagues who was in trouble or who'd refused to meet with me because I 
I always give people a chance to sit down and if they don't want to sit down then we can run around. But, um, uh, a very uh, nice looking young man, a uh, very well attired came out to, uh, to her city issued Ford crown Victoria and, uh, opened up the trunk and I'm like, what is this guy doing? And he pulled out no joke, a six foot long feather. It must've come from the biggest ostrich in the world or a pterodactyl or something. And he brushed the entire length of the car off with this massive feather. And moments later, Martha Reeves came out with another (laughs) one of her staff members who opened the door for her and she got in the car and they drove away. The the car had to be feather dusted before the councilwoman would get in it. I mean, you know, this is, this is the kind of stuff that you only see if you are there and there's no, there's no replacement for being there. And it's funny. I'm talking to a lot of union folks about, you know, about council and the candidacy and all that other stuff. And the one thing we all agree is that the only way to get things done is in person, face to face with people, and that's one of the things that you know we're missing with this coverage. And uh, and I mean, you know, I mean, I, I think Darren, if you and I were sitting at that council table, and for folks who don't know this, council sits in this U-shaped table, and there's a there's a ring around it where the reporters and the staff sit. So you're like you're like a, a, an arm's length behind them. We would have seen the look on on a council member's face when another council member touched their wrists, and we would have been able to read that reaction like, you know, like, you don't touch me. We would have been reporting on that at the time as opposed to digging up some uh, internal investigation because, like like reporters are supposed to be, we're eyewitnesses to history as it happens, and uh, that's something that we've missed. But I know Darren is still keeping an eye on what's going on in City Hall. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, but, it, but it's also their staff, too. Like if something like that happened and we weren't there, their staffs would call us and tell us what was going on as well. So, you know, that that's a that's a big difference, too. If you're not there, you know, you can't really um, get input from their staff. Hey, Darren, about what is happening, you know, Darren, you mentioned Clyde Cleveland earlier. I remember this is in early 2000s. He got there was some issue with him and I had to go out to his home. And I want to say it was out by the University of Detroit. I think it was up in that in that in the northwest side of that neighborhood. And I knocked on the door, and um, a window opened up upstairs. It was a two-story home, and I couldn't see anybody, but I heard this woman's voice in a Hispanic accent saying that nobody was home. So I get back to the the newspaper, and I get a call from Sam Riddle telling me that that was him (laughs) pretending to be a woman with a Hispanic accent (laughs) so I wouldn't keep pounding on the door because they were hiding Cleveland and his wife or whoever were hiding in the back of the house. Oh, my God. So something That's like, what I think of when I think of Claude Cleveland. For me, just uh, Sam Riddle back in the day. Something like that <laughs> happened to me at George Cushingberry's house where – actually, I shouldn't say George Cushingberry's house. It was George Cushingberry's wife's house because George was living in another part of town with a woman on his staff, but he was also occasionally staying at his wife's house, so that's all very strange. But I was at the at the house where – his car was that his wife was staying at that he wasn't supposed to be staying at. I know this is confusing, but we're talking about Cush here. So this is what happens. And I knocked on the door and somebody answered and said, I'm not coming to the door. And I said, well, who are you? And they said, you know who it is. And I said, no, I really don't. I'm looking for George Cushingberry. And the voice said, you're very good at your job. And I said, okay, so does that mean this is where he is? I said, I'm not saying that. You need to go. And I'm like, well, 
can you tell me who you are? And he said, you know who I am. I said, I really have no idea. He said, I have to go now. And it was like all through the mail slot. And I was like, what the hell is this, man? It, it was, it was. Where is Kush today? What's he, what's he up to? Do you know? Wherever he is, he's having a good time. I'll tell you that, man. That dude, whatever yeah. you want to say about Kush, it was never uh, boring. Yeah, we, we've seen it. <laughs> I mean, there's been plenty of video to that point. So I, I, I have another Kush story before we move on to Altus beer, but Kush uh, had some a little problem with the, the sauce, so it's an appropriate uh, a reference. Um, when he was running for re-election, he sent stuff out on Facebook to invite people to a fundraiser he was having at a bar. And the recipient of the funds was a entity that wasn't listed with any of the, you know, legal uh, uh, custodians of these sorts of things. So in other words, he was having money sent to a fund that wasn't registered, which would lead to an illegal contribution. And so I thought, well, I'm going to go to this fundraiser to see if they're actually raising money because if they're raising money for a fund that isn't properly registered, but there's no money being raised, it's probably not much of a violation. So we're sitting outside this bar in Livernoy. It's me and, and my partner, Chris Sherbin, and we're kind of keeping an eye on things, low-key, unmarked vehicle. We see people going in and out of the bar. Nothing's really happening. It doesn't seem like it's really hugely overtly political, but uh, you know we've been sitting out there for a while, so we got to kind of figure out what's going on. And so I just said, well, I'm going to walk into the bar. So, you know, kind of at that point, you know, you've blown your cover when you walk into the bar. All right. Are we going somewhere, by the way? I mean, or is this going somewhere? <laughs> so, oh, he's, painting the, he's painting the picture. I, yeah. It's, okay. This is called, a very large picture. It's called setting the scene. But um, so, uh, so I walk into the bar. This is a long story well told. So I, I walk into the is bar it? and it's all these political people I know and all these people who work for Cushingberry's staff. And they all look at me like, what in the hell are you doing here? Some of the people, Sam Riddle was there. And some of the he was pe- everywhere. Some I know he Sam. Sam is he's he's not far from any scene. But um, some of the people are like, "Hey, man, what's up?" Other people are like, "You're crazy." But Kush was great. He's like, you know, can I buy you a drink? I'm like, nah, I really can't. You know, take a drink from a politician, and I'm working and all that other stuff. But we just hung out. We had a great time. You know, this guy. You know, I probably did more stories to wrap up his political career than anybody. But we had a great time. We went out front because at this point I'm thinking, I've been in there a while. My photographer is probably thinking, oh my God, you know, they beat the shit out of him. You know, do I call in the extraction team? What do I do? So I just walked out with Kush to let him know everything was fine. And uh, and we took some pictures together, arm around each other, because this was obviously way pre-COVID. And uh, it was actually a great evening. And and then I had to drive to Metamora to chaperone band camp for the night, which Yeesh. which sucked. But I mean, it's just it's just funny how this works. How you know we, we started this segment talking about some friction on City Hall, but uh, but you do end up having situations where people come together and you find out that no matter how much you know this, like I said before, shifting alliances, the people who you would think would be bitter enemies to the end can offer each other a drink and go get a picture taken out front of a bar. Well, before we let Darren go, and I, I can always ask you about this ML. Wait, but, you're laying off another reporter? Uh, no, no, oh. no, no, no. It's, it's about... Subscribe, uh, Free Press News. It's about... 99 cents a month. Uh, Black Detroit Magazine, Aaron Foley wrote an article about ML. And uh, did you see that, Darren? I did see it, yeah. Did, did you have any reaction to it? Uh, no, not really. Um... You know, Aaron Foley has his opinion on 
what's going on and I'll leave it at that. Um, his point is that he wants the media to be as hard on ML Elric as they were on Mike Duggan, which, you know, it's been a month, so that remains to be seen how hard they're going to be. But his whole point is, um, you know, he'd be being bombarded about, can a white man represent Detroit? He also wants to hear Mike talk about race in the, in this race. Right. I mean, that was the other point. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we're six years into, uh, you know, or we're several years into the administration of Mike Duggan. And so I think it's lessened over the years. Um, but I think in the, in the overall scheme of things, overall, theme of what we've been talking about is that there's been a lack of resources um, that have been devoted to City Hall right now. And like I said, as a result, um, this is what has been going on. And I don't know if that is malicious, um, but I'm sure it's a problem that um, the free press and news will address soon, it, particularly as these other stories come out um, about what is going on and, and people coming out to run in the, in the mayor's race, I would hope that uh, both papers would cover this stuff so that um, people like Aaron Foley would not um, take shots at the media for not being able to um, do do the job their job um, properly. Do you know Do you know Aaron Foley, ML? I do know Aaron. Uh, Aaron's a real nice guy. Uh, he's a bright guy. He wrote a great book about how to be a Detroiter without being a jackass. In fact, when I was filling in on WJR, I had him on as a guest to talk about his book. And He's got a lot of questions for you. Yeah, well, he's had some frustration about not breaking into the newspapers, and I've offered to say... Yeah, I mean, I've told myself, there's anything I can do to help. Can I give you a reference? Can I make an introduction? You know, so I've been very supportive of Aaron. And in some texts he and I exchanged yesterday, he acknowledged that and appreciated that. And he's been welcome and invited to my house many times. And he's he disclosed in his column, actually, that we've had drinks together. So, I mean, Aaron knows how to get a hold of me. Uh, my my biggest complaint about that column, well, two of them is one, People have made it clear to me they don't think anybody's really asked Mayor Duggan that many hard questions. I don't think that's true, but certainly the perception is that, that Mayor Duggan's had a pretty easy ride. Again, I don't think that's exactly true, but I wouldn't say Duggan's been the most scrutinized politician in Detroit in the last eight years. But the other thing is when you write, uh, Aaron talked about going to the same journalism school, working for the state news like I did and getting the same degree, you know, Journalism 101 uh, – is when you write about somebody or you write about a subject, you contact that person to ask them some questions. I was never contacted. Uh, I know from the text I exchanged yesterday that that we still have the same numbers we we both had before, and and that uh, if he had contacted me, I would have let him know that that there was that Bridge Detroit, you know, <laughs> pounded the dog shit out of me uh, in back to back weeks. So certainly this notion I haven't been scrutinized is. Not accurate. So again, this is why we call people and we ask them questions so that we can test our premise. You know, when I do a story, when I do an investigation, and I'm, I'm taking a lot of heat for the work that I've done over the last 20 years in Detroit, but I'll tell you, uh, all those stories stand up to scrutiny. They're all fair. They're all accurate. But one of the things, and one of the reasons why that's true is because I work twice as hard to disprove them as I did to prove them. And if I couldn't disprove them, we published them, we broadcast them. That's how it worked. Aaron didn't work at all hard to prove or disprove his point. And I think that's why there were some inaccuracies there, but listen, I don't think you're going to run from a reporter either. 
hey, listen, nobody on my team wanted me to talk about Kwame Kilpatrick after he was freed, and I insisted that I do it because part of my candidacy is that I'm not going to run from questions that public officials should be able to answer any questions. Now, if you need your car feathered off before you drive, that's a whole, or your bike, it's a whole different but matter. Wait a second. Means well, actually, wait, wait, by the way, a- can I get some resumes from you guys in case I win? I have a big feather. Do you have and- a team? <laughs> Zoot. I have some people who are working on the campaign. Oh, that's that's nice. Darcy McCall's my campaign manager. That's awesome. And oh, yeah. Is that uh, is this? No, I, just, I didn't realize Sean, that. I thought you were. Sean. I just thought you were doing this out of the back of your sometimes working car. You mean <laughs> the fully, back of his bicycle? Fully yeah. formed like Athena from Zeus's head. I okay. just thought you were riding around a bike, passing out flyers. And <laughs> well, thank you, Darren and Ken. Please stay on ML. Break some stories on him. Of course. Yeah, I get some. Sounds good to me. Yeah, make sure his fence is in the right place and he keeps his siding up on his windows. I think it's a brick house. So. I think I'm going to be the first member of the media to ask me a tough question. Why the hell do I even bother with this? This is <laughs> this is this is torture. But but yeah, no bridge Detroit, man. One week they beat the shit out of me. Uh, a lot of what they said was completely inaccurate. So I contact them. And to their credit, they had me on the podcast the next week. We set the record straight. They apologized, and then after we covered all that ground. Then they started beating the shit out of me again, but that's okay. This is politics in Detroit. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Is him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? You know, not too long ago, I, I kind of teed up a uh, Altus read there with the Cushionberry story, but, and people are probably wondering at home, what happened to that? Well, let me just tell you, like Cushionberry, yeah. Detroit is a Detroit classic. Altus is a Detroit classic that just won't go away. And I I love to have it uh, sometimes with a little ice. They don't like me to say that at Altus. Sometimes I put a little ice in my beer. But uh, they do. say that's that ruins the malty goodness. Really? You do Altus. that? Yeah, just because it, it makes me drink less beer because I kind of, you know, it takes a longer time to drink it. And I like to drink beer like, like certain Supreme Court justices. <laughs> Who will never seem to have their voice at the end of an Altus never, sounder? No, I refuse to. It's, it's, I'm digging in now because you keep bringing it up. I, I, can you put? Tell Amy, me where I can buy some Altus. Can you stuff? put Amy Coney Barrett at the end of the sounder? Would that work better? No. Um, okay. Well, you can get Altus uh, on tap now that bars are reopened, and of course at Altus.beer, they will tell you where you can find Altus. This is a Detroit classic that is back, but it's back better than ever. It's got tons of flavor, it packs a punch, and it is seriously smooth. So go pick up some cans today for yourself and enjoy them just like I do. I would say take them to hockey, but we're still not playing hockey because we're waiting for the governor to let us do that again. I know the guys are getting frustrated, but what can I tell you, fellas? I can't go Gavin Newsom on this shit. I can't go skate if people can't go skate. So we're going to have to wait till everything is cricket. But uh, but go to Altus.beer if you're trying to find the location nearest you. I promise you, this beer is insanely good. You'll be thanking me for the suggestion. And a fun fact about Altus. Yeah. It only takes 12 of them to make anyone a one. Because if you drink 12, you'll probably pass out, so it won't matter. But six of them, that'll make even Sean a 10. No, there's no way I'll ever be a 10. Altus, that beer. I'm a one. Who's your geek? I'm a half. Oh, um, sh- 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 a point oh one. I'm all Are you all it's, flustered? It's, it's, it's just, it's just because the, of the Aaron Foley article. It's the thought of Altus, or because of Sean. 
No, no, no. I'm, Do you have I, any more hate mail to read about take, Sean? You know, that I, seems to say, really that seems to really perk him up a little bit, doesn't it? What the hate? It does. Yeah, reading hate mail about you. Yeah, go ahead. Just, go for it. I'll just I'll just say that you're the superstar. Uh, the thing about that the, smirk out again. The the criticism that's come at me from the media. By the way, no other no other city council candidates even really being talked about. So I guess I should be flattered by the attention. But well, you're the big name, though. You're the like, new man uh, running. Every, yeah, for running people down for not keeping their sighting up. That's every, beautiful. Everybody who's crushed me um, has been someone who I've considered a friend. So I can't wait to see what happens when people who don't like me yeah, get Darren. get involved. Wait, who was your friend at Bridge? Uh, Donna Givens, who um, I had done almost 20 years ago, she was working for a community development corporation just east of the new center, and they were creating housing and shelter for women who were at risk and who may be coming out of uh, the sex trade or may have been somehow abused. And right in the middle of all the progress they were making, um, a developer... um, actually Karen Dumas's husband uh, wanted to build what would have been the largest topless bar in the city of Detroit. And I wrote about the plan and I wrote about what effect it would have on this neighborhood and some of the things that were happening around there. And ultimately the city um, decided not to allow them to proceed. I thought we were just looking for a name here, but that's all right. Go ahead. Hey, you asked the question, Sean. See, see what I happens. Said, who? You know it's going to lead to a 10-minute answer. I'm sorry, Mark. I said who. I thought oh, that well, would be well, Let me just tell you how this works, Sean. I'd say uh, Donna Givens would be like, who, who Don, who's Donna Givens? Well, you can say that in maybe six words, but that's okay. What, okay, what's your, who's see, your this, the You know what? This is what happens when you wake Sean up. He's cranky. <laughs> can we get him a bottle? Hey, Drew, is the formula ready? Don't make it so hot. Put a little on your wrist. We don't want to burn the baby's mouth. Who's your geek of the week, oh, oh mighty one? Well, we're reconsidering the candidates uh, in light of this. But anyways, so that was a good story. I mean, besides me. It, but now she's mad at me. So, Okay, so here you go. Um, our first contestant is a St. Ignace police officer who got into a fight with his chief. Now, this officer had spent some time in Afghanistan with the Defense Department. And after this beef with the chief, he posted on Facebook, I experienced and learned more in that year in Afghanistan than I did the entire 20 year duration of my now quasi closed law enforcement career. There's no doubt. I will call those lessons back into service as I enter a new jihad against my opugnant hashtag thin blue line, strong hashtag. I'm coming for you. So really not the way to, uh, to resolve a dispute. So uh, is that your geek of the week? No, no, that's the first candidate. Wait a second. So Mark Wait, and I so are not, not doing geeks of, of the week, and, and that just means you're going to do 10 candidates now. Oh, hold on. No, no, no. That's okay. Really, no, no, no. That's no. Okay. We're going to do this. Sean, who's your geek of the week? Uh, I reckon it's me. It uh, is. Mark, no. who's your geek of the week? I think I'm going to make myself the geek of the week. So, okay. Thanks, fellas. Okay, now fine. back to Pick me. Okay, one. That's how it always Pick went. one. Is this how it's going to be on city council? You're just going to filibuster the whole time? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Jesus. The floor will never be yielded. Oh, my God. <laughs> Next up is a Louisiana man charged with rape who hired hitmen to kill his accuser. Instead, they whacked his sister and her neighbor. Oh, ouch. Pregnant pause for Sean to say something crappy. No, go in ahead. In five, four, three. <laughs> we don't say two and one in broadcast. Sean, take it away. Oh, go ahead. Keep going. You're doing great. Our winner... Is the overnight pharmacist in Wisconsin who allowed coronavirus vaccines, you know, the ones people are trying to get, he allowed them to spoil. He said he thought the vaccine would make them infertile and implant people with microchips. Yeah, yeah, I know this dude. Now, that sounds crazy, 
But that is not the worst of it. He also believes, and I'm not making this up, the earth is flat and the sky is not real. So, Sean Windsor, you are our Geek of the Week. Are you happy now? Okay, there we go. to tell you about uh, Luke Nowacki? I wait with bated breath. <laughs> the market's been nuts. I don't know if you guys follow. Did you guys follow all the Wall Street bets, GameStop? Down last week. Uh, a little bit better now. So, yeah. That's, oh, got that's destroyed a, today in the market. Non-Elwerky inversion of the market. There you go. <laughs> what? Why am I being What's, attacked now? I, oh, no, it's not for you. It's an interesting story of the week. It's like a Morrissey song. Geeks of the week unite! <laughs> All I know, doing good today. you don't want to overreact when it comes to investing, and you got to have a plan, and the guy to make that plan is our buddy Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748. He is the man with rational financial advice. Where are you going to put your money? Coronavirus, what the heck is going on with short selling and squeezing and all those fun terms? Stocks, bonds, what do you do with a 401k, your college savings plan? Just let Luke handle it. Get advice. Get a strategy. Call Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Wealth. 248-663-4748. And what's we, he gonna what's he gonna know, do? We we have a leak a link to Luke's site on yeah. our site, which is mlsolvedetroit.com. It's a great website, even if Facebook won't let us post it because we we don't hate America like everybody else on Facebook. We love America. But when you go to Luke, the one thing you can count on is he won't name himself Geek of the Week. And the second thing you can count on That's all he's looking for. Is he'll make it all about you. That's yeah. all I was looking for. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Like Luke, uh, I don't rush into things. I take the long-term plan. I, mm-hmm. I know that it's important to have a strategy and to give it time to play out. That's mm-hmm. the way we do things here. So this week's entry on Geek of the Week, this is the first time in two years what? I have insisted... Oh, sorry, sorry. This, this, week's, <laughs> this week's guest in Room 7609, this is the first time in two years that I have insisted that we play the video and watch the video at the same time we listen to it. So, Mark, if you have queued up the video... It is. It's queued up. Okay. This is a quick one. We are going to dive in full feet, both feet, both Doc Martin spray painted into King, the nun hit wonder, and their quasi hit, Love and Pride. Yeah. 
you are listening to that at home go to youtube and pull up the video it is proof that even the most handsome man can look like a jackass because of a mullet it terrible terrible hair but what a great tune was that a mullet oh i think absolutely a mullet. because to me if it's long on the top and in the back it's not a mullet it's it's an okasic yeah well it's it's not really a 90 10 right because he had so much going up front it's more like uh it's more like a, a 40-90, yeah, which I know is mathematically is, impossible. But. Right, yeah. To me, a mullet is when it's in the back and very little on the top. He's got sort of the quiff on the front, but the mullet. But, I mean, fant- and, the, and the, the guitar player with the crazy Daniel Ash, I wish I was in Love and Rockets, teased out uh, white guy fro. Total mistake, but saved by the woolly sideburns which just look fantastic is it, One, po- is it possible to hate and like a song simultaneously that's a good question i really hated that song but there were some things about it that i kind of uh liked. there were parts of it right i mean it, it sounded like duran duran's uh, yeah a view yeah. to a kill a little bit a little bit it? yeah would you have hated it if you that didn't see great. the video uh probably okay i, I would probably would have liked it more without the video but yeah. on the other hand you try to be Video's forgiving ridiculous. Yeah, but we were all ridiculous back then. That you know, and to I that point, never, you know, I, to this day, I can't grow side. If I could grow sideburns like that, the M and ML would be for mutton chops. I'd be MC Elric. <laughs> oh, it's just the the man thing that because you can't grow them. the movement, I can't. right? No, they're great. So, well, so that, that video is a perfect time capsule for what was you know. I mean, you could tell that was nineteen eighty three or eighty two. I don't even know what year it really was, but you know, yeah. you had the fluorescent colors, you had the uh, mullet, like you mentioned. It was you probably had, later eighties because there was some break dance. There was references, some break dancing. So I guess it'd Oh be speaking of which, uh dearly departed last week or last month we lost Shabadoo. <laughs> Well, I just electric found- Boogaloo, he died. Oh, what? Yeah. Really? From Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo? And from Breaking 1. He was, he's not Speaking of losing, folks, we've lost uh, Hal Holbrook yesterday, right? Yeah. Oh, oh right? did Oh, yeah. Mark Twain. Cicely Tyson. Oh, yeah, Cicely Tyson, the great oh, Cicely Tyson. I don't think I've ever seen Cicely Tyson in anything. Cloris Leachman. Cloris Leachman. Seen her in tons of stuff. Oh, stay close to the candle. She was. Yeah, a- she's walking up the stairs in Young Frankenstein. It's been a long time since I've seen that. But the thing about this tune with King, have you ever heard a song that starts at full speed so quickly? There's like two beats and he gets right to the That's song. Cool. There's That's no good. build up. It's just like, bam, goes right into it. We should probably take a cue from that for the podcast. But it's got that fast Sweet. intro, that awesome bass line. I mean, lots of slap bass. Uh, note to bass players, you should never use a pick. Do not use a pick. That is a mistake. The dude was awesome. 
on bass. By the way, that bass playing is brought to you by Elric.com, where you can get custom-made bass guitars by a graduate of the Berklee School of Music who also, for the most part, does not use a pick. One of the most furious slap bass guitar players you will find anywhere in this country, my brother. And by the way, note to podcasters, specifically Elrickian podcasters, never use the phrase note to. Oh, but go ahead. Actually, if you go back to our first show, we had a list of phrases we would never use. That was not on there. Oh, oh God. It's an addendum. Yeah. But, uh, there you go. Good word. Um, so anyways, uh, back to uh, back to the, the great, uh, great tune. Oh, please not. Um, <laughs> so again, you can't see it. I thought we it, were done. But if you want to go see it, the, the, uh, the thing I love is you have all these little, presumably British kids out there popping and locking and breaking and trying to do... Trying to do the worm with various degrees of success and wearing matching denim jackets with King emblazoned on the back and the band's logo. Did anybody catch the band's logo? No. A spray painted Doc Martin boot. Oh, well, that's all they were doing in the video was spray I know, painting but their boots. When you are in a band, do you want to be known because we spray paint our Doc Martins? No, I mean, you that's want to be just known for your music, I would think. Silly. Everything about King is silly, which is why I think they ultimately fell apart. But if you're going to have one quasi hit, you would be hard-pressed to come up with something better than love and pride. Now, I'm always intrigued by what happens to the members of the band. Do you know what happened to the lead singer, Paul King? Uh, I think one of them took a job polishing Doc Martens at a shoeshine stand. Oh, that was a bad stand. one. Nope. No, he uh, ended up becoming a VJ on MTV. Oh, it's the hair. And now apparently works for MTV Europe. So he's a big uh, big guy, a big shot over there now. Wow, okay. kind of interesting. I wonder if at every company party he says, "Hey, let me let's put a tune let's on." Let's watch my video. Yeah, said, Maybe he became that executive so he can make sure that video was out exactly. of rotation. Hey, lads, have you ever heard "Love and Pride"? Here it is, right now. "Love and Pride" by King. I think he'd be a little embarrassed that's, by it now. That's me. I'm, I'm King. I'm King. I'm King, mate. Oh, it's that's an it's an interesting song. And I guess that's guys, the best way to describe it. The other guys, what happened to them? Oil change place? I don't know. They probably died. Delivering bread out of the back of a electric... uh, They don't have any uh, links on Wikipedia, so I can't tell you anything about them. Wow. That means uh, ignominy for for sure. It certainly uh, does. Obscure cats. So anyways, that was King with uh, Love and Pride. We uh, love to hear uh, from you with you. We've had some great nominations for Room 7609. Please keep them coming. Remember, we're looking for... Bands that have tons of hits, but there's a hidden gem that only you love and you want the rest of us to help bring it out and polish it. Or it's a band like King that has something that's worth listening to that no one really has heard before. So keep those coming. You can send them to mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com or you can give us a call at 313-288-9070. We want to thank our generous donor this week. Joe sends $20 in this note. I'm donating to ML's campaign fund as he runs for Gross Point <laughs> City Council. So, Thank you, job. While Sean feels unloved, I think there is one Sean fan out there. Um, and because of that, I will make sure that Sean gets uh, a small portion of that $20. I don't need any of it. Mark, how do people who aren't smartasses named Joe uh, give to support the show? MLSolidetroit.com. Click that donate button repeatedly. You know anything else? I mean, yeah, it's no, pretty, no. Pretty it, self-explanatory. It, it put a lot of zeros in there on the left side of the decimal. Uh, if you want to donate to my campaign, there's another way to do that. Uh, we'll we'll send us a note and I'll help you do that. But we we found there was some confusion with people who want to donate to the campaign, donating to the podcast, and people who want to donate to the podcast. Actually, 
nobody really fell into that category. So, um, that's okay. That's okay. Um, anyways, uh, and the other way you can help our show is by letting our sponsors know that they're not wasting their time and their money sponsoring the show. And one of the, one of two, uh, Red Shovel Network-wide sponsors, along with Luke Nowacki, is David Hall and Hall Financial. We want to thank them for being a great supporter of all the shows on the network. Rates are currently in the two, so call today and find out how much a refi could save you every month. Remember, when you refi, you can probably skip up to two months' payments as they do the paperwork and the changeover. So there's money being saved right there, in addition to the lower monthly payments that you'll enjoy. Just click on the link on our website to get started or call 248 308-5000. 308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. Ask for my man, Dan Morrison. If he's busy, ask if you can talk to Bill, Mr. Bill Allock. And make sure to tell them that ML sent you. And MLS, 146743-Fiverr. Mm-hmm. You can also support the show by buying our hoodies, long sleeve t-shirts, beanies, all the kind of cool swag. We even have neon clocks. And by the way, if you've been watching us on Facebook Live, I have an ML Soul of Detroit flag hanging behind me. There's only a couple of those. If you want one, send us a note, and we will we will cut that deal on the sly. Was that the Netherlands? Uh, Is it supposed to be France, but it's, it's a, accidentally it's, the Netherlands? It's a little bluish. <laughs> it's a little too blue, I think, for, for the Netherlands, but uh, but it's it's... It's a Soul of Detroit flag. We are our own principality, sort of like Monaco. Only, uh, it looks like the only the chicks in our royal family aren't as crazy. I'm not sure that stands. Okay, sorry, screen. I mentioned it. Yeah. keep keep going. Uh, John, we've already heard from John, but guess what? Tanya, who asked last week about what my position was on holding yeah. developers accountable when they don't uh, live up to their end of the bargain when they get tax breaks, she says, "Thank you for answering my question last episode." Truly terrific forthright response. The city has been bamboozled and hoodwinked by billionaires with empty promises and splashy fake renderings over and over. Anne invades. Hey, ML, Mark, and Sean. Quick note to let you know I love your podcast. I have listened to every episode, even that hated, was it number three? What was yes, that one? That was, yeah, oh, or last just, week. People hated it. Oh, dear. Last week. last week was a good one, though. Peg McNichol says it's the I best it was one excellent. yet. Excellent, yeah. So I have listened to every episode. Wish I could vote for ML for city council. Love sweary, grumpy Sean. Makes me smile when he goes off on ML. Love Mark too on this podcast and on Drew and Mike. I'm going to cry. Love Geek of the Week, especially when Sean makes it himself. Ah. And Room 7609. Keep it up. You guys entertain me endlessly. So there's some Sean love. Did you you see this email that came in, though, during the show? Danielle? Uh Uh-oh. No, from Susie. Oh, Susie. I got another one that just came in. Go ahead. She has a question. Uh Uh-oh. Are we getting any good Facebook Live comments? Uh, well, we're off Facebook Live now. But, she, um, Susie wants to know what the actual rule is for residency when running for local office. Do you have to actually sleep so many nights a year in the city? That would probably disqualify you. And who enforces it? I never it? sleep. And who enforces it? Because I'm, I'm working around the clock to serve yeah. the people of Detroit. Riding your bike and getting your solar panels. That is so, an interesting question, though. What, yeah, it is. So how, answer how is, it. So, how residency is defined. Yeah, I, I believe that you have to live in the district a year before the election or a year before uh, creating your campaign committee. But there's like a year thing because Duggan was on the bubble with that yeah. when he ran for oh, yeah. mayor and that became, that became a bone of contention. Um, the other thing is but he was I, what four years. Was it how, how soon before his election did he, did he move to the city? I mean, less than two years, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Um, but his argument was, I grew up in the city. Um, my sure. family's from Morningside, which is in district four. And that uh, he'd worked in the city almost his entire uh, uh, professional life, which was 
some not insignificant amount of years. Um, but, uh, uh, one of the problems that I've had in trying to do residency stories on local officials who have multiple residents is that the law doesn't specify a specific percentage or number of oh. days that you have to live at the house from which you are registered. It basically, it says you have to use your domicile and then you can argue what a domicile is, but a domicile is basically the place where you spend more time than you spend any place else. So there's some there's some squishiness in there, and we do have people who uh, I remember a Wayne County commissioner in particular mm-hmm. who got married and moved into her husband's house, which was outside her district, but mm-hmm. she continued to own her house in the district, so she'd stay there a couple nights a week to maintain uh, her residency in the district. Did you get all that, Susie? Thanks for, the, <laughs> thanks, thanks for the question, by the way. I'm not sure. Well, now you know what we... Uh, at least one year. So let me, Susie now understands Mark and I's uh, Susie, the answer here. was at least one year. Yeah, exactly. Let, let me go. take you into the alternative universe where Sean asked that question. I say, one year, and it depends. It doesn't sound like you're that familiar with the issues. Aren't there some nuances there that we should be exploring? Shouldn't a public official know every permutation, every variation, every mutation of an issue? Even the retort's long. I know. (laughs) Another email came in during the show, too. And I thank you, Danielle, for doing the research on this. But it's regarding Aaron Foley, who wrote that article in Black Detroit. Is Black Detroit Magazine or Black Magazine? I don't know exactly what's like Detroit. Black Magazine. It's actually an outstanding magazine. Uh, The publisher, Billy Strauder, is a guy who I met at a... uh, at a scholarship golf outing, and uh, it's 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 a really good magazine. He's a good dude. I just, I just want to know the proper name of it. But anyway, um, Dan- B-L-A-C, no K magazine. Danielle uh, emailed in. She said, I just looked up the writer who wrote about you, Aaron. He lives in New York City. Is that true? Do you know that? Uh, he disclosed that in the column that okay. he no longer lives in Detroit. And before he lived in California, maybe he was born and raised here, but at this point he's an interloper taking pot shots because he's irrelevant in his new locale. Mike, good on you for remaining a Detroit resident and doing your part to make it a better place. Maybe Aaron should go write about Broadway or Bill de Blasio's morning workout routine. That's from Danielle, who lives in Corktown. Yikes. Well, I'll, I'll just... I'll just That's her opinion. I'll just tell you this about... Uh, uh, please one, don't, but I like it. One of the things that I keep finding out in this campaign is that people think I just moved to Detroit. <laughs> like, I've been here yeah. 22 years, and, uh, and I, I did have an opportunity to speak to Mike Duggan. I said... You know, I think they're confusing the white mics. I'm the one who's been here for 22 years. And he's like, oh, you know, it happens. <laughs> um, so Laura posits, super brave and such a noble posits. pursuit to run for city council. Would you? I got to give Sean something to tee up. Uh, would you consider chatting about how Detroit can become more attractive to millennial Gen Y and Gen Z? You've said your kids go to state. Do they plan to move back to the city after college? Do any of their state friends... Any chance Detroit will ever get rid of the city income tax? Those are all great questions. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I think a lot of young people are really excited about Detroit still. And my uh, my oldest daughter, who wants to be a teacher, wants to teach in the Detroit public schools. And my youngest daughter, who just transferred to Michigan State, started out at Wayne State. She got accepted at both colleges. But the reason she wanted to start out at Wayne State is because she wanted to live downtown. She's lived every single minute of her life in Detroit. And when it was her chance to get out of uh, out of the zip code, she still wanted to live downtown. So I think young people will continue to come back to Detroit and will want to be here. And I think their friends love Detroit and their friends love coming over to our house and doing things that we do, like go to the annual white party, which was canceled because of COVID. 
uh, just so you know, this is not some sort of creepy, uh, you know, uh, hillbilly thing. This is where everybody at the party wears white from head to toe, and it is a very diverse group. Um, and they love just hanging out. So, uh, so yeah, so I think their friends do want to come back here. In terms of getting rid of the income tax, there's absolutely no chance whatsoever because unlike most cities, the city of Detroit collects a paltry amount of its budget from the property tax, mainly because some of our property has so little value and so much of it is on the public. Uh, uh, I mean, the public owns it, so we can't tax ourselves and, and really come out ahead. But we need the income tax to generate enough revenue to support city services, so there's no chance the income tax will go away. But one thing that's been helping us is having the state collect income tax because what they're doing is they're doing a better job of catching people who don't live in the city of Detroit but who owe income tax because they work, work there, in the yeah. city of Detroit. So that what's is that, not going away. Right but we're doing a – I think it's like 2.7% for residents and 1.35% for non-residents. Now, the, the screw job here is if you live in the city but you work in the suburbs, you still pay the full boat. But if you work in the city and live in the suburbs, you only pay half of it, which uh, – which, uh, well, I mean, I guess the idea is you don't get tough. as many city services that it's supposed to pay for. Well, the reason why you pay for the city services when you don't live in the city is because while you work in the city, you're the beneficiary, uh, beneficiary of them. But when you're spending most of your time outside the city, you're not being uh, served by the city. So maybe you should only pay for the amount of time you're in the city. I mean, whatever. I'm I'm happy paying what it is. But that's a, that's a beef that uh, the late, great Mike Payne of WWJ – Radio used to ask every time he'd get a mayor on a microphone. It's like, why am I paying the full boat when I, you know, when I, you know, it's like, you know, what I don't. How much like, money was he making? And they all say, I don't know what, Mike. You know, that's just the way it is. Any, any more questions, we all, Mike? We all have a cause. And and Mike, by the by by the time he left WWJ, had kind of turned into conspiracy brother. So he had all kinds of crazy stuff that he wanted to know about. But he was great guy, great set of pipes, good reporter, and. uh just a solid dude. So, um, so uh, any voicemails? No voicemails? No, no. People, people hate us. That's 288-9070, Butterfield 89070, if you want to hear your voice on the air. We appreciate all the feedback. We will continue to bring it to you every week. Um, Sean, what, what are you working on, man? What's going on? Uh, more Lions stuff. Did you oh, yeah, not? we were going to talk about Stafford and how bad uh, Michigan State basketball is. We don't need to do that. <laughs> Why are you sick of talking good, about Stafford? Uh, it was a good trade. We think. Well, how'd they get that much for him? That's fantastic. How'd they get that much for him? L.A. needed to dump that salary. That was why. And golf is terrible. And it's uh, late first-round picks. Michigan State's really struggling. Basketball team. Um, and, yeah. so How's Izzo doing? Do you talk to Izzo about I've this? actually not talked to him in a, in, a, in a month, maybe a few weeks. Well, seemed, I, I've, I've been on press conferences with him, but I haven't actually He seems quite strained himself. lately. I don't know. If it's and he hasn't long. quite been himself on the sideline, oh, on the side no. of the court. It's kind of, it's almost like watching Harbaugh last year when he was. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. He seems lost in a way. Teresa Tre- like said he looked really old and tired. I don't know if he's lost or not. Well, not just, lost, but the look on his face was like, this team isn't what it. He knows he doesn't an, quite get have it going. The, yeah. the pieces, and it's just he, he, he hadn't been able to figure it out yet. And there, there are a couple other chances, not chances, but uh, moves he could make to try. I don't know that they'll work, but it's just it's interesting. To, and what I'm, happened I, to the freshman point guard he was trying to work, and it looks like that's done. He's back to lawyer and Watts again. Well, he's still playing. I here for people that don't want to get bored and all this uh, 
Michigan State basketball stuff. Let's just say this: the idea, and I'm probably going to write is about that, this. Is that your stuff shirt, Ann Arbor U of M fan talking there? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> the idea that I got um, your back, John. That we're even talking about this is the stories because he's been that program has been so good for so long. He's made the tournament 22 straight years, and so there's an expectation. So when they have struggle, they're struggling like they are. Which Duke has, Kentucky has every every. They beat Duke, and they're having the worst season ever. How, I know, when does that just, happen? I mean, well, Duke's terrible this year too. I know, North but Carolina's I, I, terrible. I Kentucky's terrible. But isn't terrible. that something though? The the, the just the sustained, consistent excellence from that program for so long that when they do struggle like this, which they haven't in a couple of decades, it's it's almost shocking, right? And your man Amani Bates is going to come in and save us. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, I've yeah, seen man. some of your your. I know they're in the minority, but some of your alums, fellow alums. Asking if it's time for Israel to step down. Ooh. That's insane. He had a Final Four team last year. There's no way. He had, he had the, uh, well, according to some simulations, he had the national champions last year. Well, they would have lost to a 15. And he, were... just, he just recruited Imani Bates and another guy who's like the second best guy in all of high school basketball, and you want him to step down? Please. Please. He'd won a share or the outright Big Ten title the last three years. Yeah. The last time there was a tournament was in the Final Four. Last year, they were clearly good enough to get back again. It's just... For some of the Michigan State fans, I think that is kind of any yeah. any chance that February sixth game gets rescheduled. I don't know Michigan, Michigan State. I mean, who knows what well, the way things are going? I know they're playing Iowa to, to, to tonight. Tuesday, tonight, I guess we can say. Yeah, tonight. number six. That that's big, a reschedule. That big Lucas Garza. That's yeah. good. so that's not going to go well. Yeah. But I would well, I wouldn't think. But j- well, now that's don't a shame. don't forget what Izzo said when he was on this podcast. He said, "ML, you're awesome." Remember that? No, Did we clip that? that? Did he probably said, "ML." Are you still talking? Maybe, maybe we cut that part. I wish. Well, well, let's let's check the outtakes on that. But and before we go, we should probably give uh, a little due to Juwan Howard, who has the number four team in the country in Ann Arbor. Yeah, they're, they're really fun good. to watch. Who saw that coming? Me. Oh, okay. No, I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be good. <laughs> no I, didn't, I didn't think they'd good. be quite like this. Not at all. But the transfers of, of, I mean. That's the difference between Michigan and Michigan State, really. The, the, the pieces that Michigan lost last year, Johnny they've, Brown, re- they've Smith, replaced yeah. with a freshman center and a point guard and a wing. Is that the dude from Columbia, the point guard? Yeah, the point, Mike yeah, Smith. Smith. Mm-hmm. And then Shawnee Brown is a wing. Yeah, so they've those pieces have just fit wonderfully, and um, and in Michigan State it's not. And that's really been the difference. Damn. So. Okay, so there's your equal time, folks. Yeah. Um, you asked for it. No, no, I'm saying we should we should acknowledge when Michigan's doing well. We oh, don't yeah, get a chance to acknowledge it because they, they get back generally the suck at everything. They're now good they're enough, doing good. They're good enough to to make a really deep run. So hopefully they do they be play. good. We could use a team around here that does uh yeah, any team. Yeah, exactly. So all right. Where's so Cyrus? Come on. There you have it. Awkward, um, <laughs> awkward, awkward silence. Where's Cyrus? So uh, just to recap, give us money, buy our shit, tell sponsors you love us, and uh, listen to the other Red Shovel Network shows. That's Charlie LaDuff's No BS News Hour, No Filter Sports with Eli, Denny, and Bob, and, of course, the Drew and Mike podcast. And only because Sean orders it, I will turn to our friend Cyrus and ask him to take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?